0: It's G or dusty, anything ragged or rotten or rusty, yes, I love trash. If you really want to see something trashy, look at this. golden in the trash. Go in the trash. All right, here we go. We rolling, Bob? Yeah,
1: we're rolling. I have a saying about Zoom recording. It's, uh, plus it once, you're a dunce. Press it twice and it'll turn it will
0: turn out nice. That's a good saying.
1: Because you press it once and arms open. So a lot of people kick the cord thinking it's on, yeah. but it's just on it.
0: Nope. Doesn't work like that, yeah.
1: So we're here at the Imperial Pub downstairs. It's super loud so I'm not sure exactly uh, how it sounds. Probably picking it all sorts. But we'll make two. Okay. <laughs> And once you pull this thing out, people have a tendency to come up and I've already been called the character quite a character quite a few things.
0: Well, also, once you order a bats 50 in certain joints, uh, you also uh, get called a character, but maybe for a different reason.
1: Well, uh, I think that Anthony Marco can at least understand he's a stock ale drinker.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah so. All right.
1: Anyways, um, we're here at the Imperial. All the land is your first podcast appearance, so I feel very annoyed. Nice. It is. Um, normally, you like breeze through on the, the Friday of the podcast, so I figured since you're gonna breeze through, I might as well try and get a microphone for you.
0: Good. Okay.
1: So we prepared some questions. I've been uh, listening to some stuff in, in preparation. So name the last album that you remember or had an impact. On.
0: Okay, um, it's actually going to be four albums, and now there's a reason for this. Uh, if you go on the YouTubes and you uh, search for "jazz documentary 1959," that should do it. I think it's a I think it's a BBC doc, and uh, it's it's about these four albums that were all released in 1959. That uh, the, the the premise of the doc is is that these kind of marked the directions forward for jazz. Uh, The four albums, by alphabetical order of the surname of the artist, uh, Dave Brubeck, Time Out, Ornette Coleman, The Shape of Jazz to Come, Miles Davis, Kinda Blue, and Charles Mingus, Mingus Ah Um so all of these albums they're, they're, they're quite different they're all under the broad umbrella of jazz but they're, they're, they're quite different and each of them you know the the jazz that comes out afterwards you can kind of trace things back to at least one of these four albums that's the idea of the, the documentary so I, I watched the documentary and I thought yeah I gotta check these out so I uh, I looked around found a physical media because I like liner notes and bought them, loaded them up on my phone and now I try to listen to them as, as, as much as I can. Uh, I haven't absorbed a lot of them yet. Like a, a lot of you know what's going on at a really deep detail. But I'm really digging them.
1: It's funny that you mentioned that, the best albums um, I was going to say myself the the album that really stuck out to me was uh, Igor. I was trying to get up uh, up to date with the stuff, uh, the type of Grammys, and Igor won Tyler the Creator. Igor is won best uh, rap album of the year. So, okay. A lot of people feel that Tyler the Creator is kind of controversial. Some find him like while because of his, like, DIY aesthetic and approach to hip-hop. Okay. People find him a little bit, uh, a little too basic. But, I like to stay current with modern hip-hop. So, I feel hip-hop is at a a crossroads in terms of, uh, it's about to change into something else. And so, a lot of times, Different musical genres will kind of take a step, in some people's mind, take a step backwards before it changes into something else. Okay. And a lot of people will say, oh, this is the death knell of this or that. Right. And I find that usually it's right after that period, like uh, gangster hip hop to trap music. Okay. It went a little dead for a while in the 2000-ish period, okay. and then the TI revolutionized like that track sound in 22, for better or for worse, okay. I mean, not that not the teeth, but yeah. I like to stay current, and so the one that really stood out to me, at least a good album to me is something that you don't skip that many tracks And it's very hard to find something, especially in today's modern time, you're not skipping
0: three or four right. of the songs on an album. Right, right. Now, uh, the, the the stuff you're listening to—do the albums kind of form a, a whole, or are they more a collection of tracks that, that are sort of related, but they they each stand on their own pretty much? Well, that's
1: the, the great thing about Igor. From the the theme, the first the first song to Earthquake, they all kind of stay in the same musical ballpark. Okay. Um, I find usually when you're talking about albums, folks a lot of times it's two or three tracks that end up on the playlist and then you skip through the entire stuff. So when I when I think about best album I mean best is so quantifiable, right? It's yeah. hard to say what, it, what the is the best So yeah. in that sense yeah. um at least an easy barometric for me is something you don't skip two or three tracks. That has to be at that time. Honorable am to mention to uh, a lot of the stuff that Jack Harlow is doing. Uh, okay. And Freddy, River Road, that gives me the feels all the time. Um, I'm just calling him Ramblin. Do you have
0: any other Well, things? I... i Honorable mention? Man. Um... No, I don't, actually. But, but let me, let me, uh, let me uh, dig in a little bit on, on Tyler, the Creator. Okay. Now, uh, when, you, when you look at the jazz guys or even classical players, uh, you can often detect a kind of lineage. You know, so-and-so played in so-and-so's band or orchestra or they studied under someone or what have you. Now, if you had to go one, one generation or one iteration back from Tyler, the Creator... Who would you say, who would you say is the the the, the one in line before him, going backwards historically?
1: Without like directly that whole skateboard punk aesthetic. Yeah. Trace that back to Lupe Fiasco. You okay. merged that hip hop uh, skater
0: punk, and then back further to uh,
1: Pharrell the Netsu. Okay. He really broke, broke. It wasn't cool to be like a, a skater. Right. punk In the, the hip hop community before
0: the Netsu were made of it. This is this this sounds very West Coast. Am I, am I right on that? Okay.
1: Uh, other Okay. But, like, in terms of mainstream, I'm wearing way too much. Uh, I mean, he was the one that really broke around. I mean, he started his career with uh, Rump Shaker. With who? Rump Shaker. He had a production credit on Rump Shaker. Okay. All I want to do is zoom, zoom, and boom, boom, to boom. You know that
0: No. <laughs> that's,
1: his, <laughs> that's his first production credit. Okay. And then from there, he... Stuck around in the, the ether
0: of the music industry to eventually Okay. I, I think I get these things more conceptually than than you know uh, than being able to recognize actual names. But uh, I, I think I'd follow the general thrust of of how this goes. I'm just curious as to how far back you would have to go before I go, oh yeah, I know that name. Uh, maybe quite a few steps, I don't know. Actually I think
1: like Narwar would know a, a few more. Like
0: that's oh. his, ah, yeah, his yeah, yeah, like, yeah.
1: expertise of like, punk on
0: okay. um, there, there,
1: there is a band I can think of hearing one instance on a podcast about this staying complete. Okay. Uh less popular MMA rap albums,
0: but right. I
1: think from the mainstream New Year would be okay. probably
0: full Okay, there's a, there's a familiar name. Um, let's see. Punk, West Coast. Where in the the timeline of things would this be quite a jump back to go to, say, uh, uh, Rollins-era Black Flag? Is that quite a bit before? Or? That's uh, the 80s.
1: So okay. Hip-hop wasn't really messing with punk before... Beastie Boys.
0: Right. That, Run DMC. That, yeah. Beastie Boys meshed that culture yeah.
1: started being like, introduced to them. By the time it really got started kicking, they were the early sort of type
0: okay. of 9-year musicians. Okay. Yeah.
1: And then, by the time like uh, Lupe Fiasco were there its, like 90, Okay. So it's almost like the
0: it's... I was, I was out of... I was completely absent from North America during the entire 90s, so there are huge gaps in my knowledge of North American culture around that time. Uh, so that, that could well explain why these are such uh, foreign names to me.
1: Well, if you, if you look at hip-hop... There's like the eighties where it's all pretty much samples. Okay. And then Bismarcky really was a watershed moment of because the sample now you have a current. So then there was a pop pl- there of uh, funk, soul, going back digging into the, the crates of yeah. soul, with the uh, Jersey, all the 90s the modern Everybody and now that
0: the Okay. Which is it which is sort of interesting. I know it's a it's a it's kind of a different kettle of fish, but there uh, there's some people that i follow on youtube that talk about the creation of music and one of the things they occasionally run into is the fact that they can't use a sample of something in, in order to illustrate uh, an idea and they talk about blockers so i guess these are these are artists or artists representatives who you know are very diligently scouring youtube to make sure that no samples of of their material is appearing on there, um, but I—I I guess that's that's kind of a separate arena from sampling for the purposes of, of making a recording, and probably a completely different set of artists too. So that's sort of interesting. Yeah. When you
1: look at sample it was for, for a while it was, how much can you change something until it was something new. And then it was only until like Girl Talk and that type of sound-phone and stuff like that that Average just does. um, That first album was like 3,000 samples. Uh You make one song out of those 3,000 samples. Um, It's only in like modern instances where the the limits of what you can get away with when you open down. A lot of times in the 90s, it was just like tough on rock band and back then. It wasn't really... People weren't really doing that whole pop sound unless they were actually producing
0: it from the Okay. Well, I'm going to listen back to this later and, and grab those names and uh, do a little homework.
1: Okay, so you have it on in the last question... Memorable. so let's go back to the question. I'm sorry, I'm wondering this is a good thing to find out. I can't feel it. Oh, there it is. Okay, so, name your, your Sleepy Sunday cup of jelly, or brew. I and then the caveat is, now, this has two parts to it.
0: Okay. Part one is if you're making it yourself, or part two is if you're make, someone's making it for you. So okay. Well, let's see. Okay, let's start, start with part one. Now, I resort to two methods these days, mainly. Uh, method number one is I'm a year-round cold brew coffee drinker. So I'm uh, I'm throwing some grounds and some water leaving it out on the counter overnight and doing the french press thing in the morning and then you know getting a getting a big bottle of it and it stays nice in the fridge for the whole week and then I and I make it really strong so in the morning getting ready for work having breakfast I'll pour myself like a literal shot like an ounce an ounce and a half and drink that what is the ratio is it
1: like
0: Okay, all right, so I'm, so I'm working with a one liter French press, uh, I'm, I'm uh, grinding uh, about, I'm going to say 80 grams of beans. And so from that I'm getting roughly, I'm going to say, between 650 and 700 mils of, of coffee. And then I'm drinking that one shot at a time. I, I'm, I'm shocked. I never really have <laughs> taken
1: you as a daily over. To me, that's just reeks of ritual. You have to do you have to do to make sure that it's done in the morning every morning. So this is your, your normal go-to?
0: This is this is my, my regular drink. Now, at the office, or if I feel like uh, something hot, I use an AeroPress. And again, I'm making uh, a single shot's worth at a time, so I'm not watering it down at the end. One scoop in the AeroPress, uh, about 100 mils of water, hot water, stir 10, 15 seconds somewhere in there. I'm not really strict. And then I have a small cup that fits right over the top of it. And so I just invert the whole thing, plunge, and there's my perfect uh, strong hot cup of coffee. and shot.
1: This is hilarious. Right? I never want <laughs> really take over really stuff. I actually got bullied by my LSB. Oh, yeah. I never quite figured it out. Um, to me, it just makes like, a mess just all over the counter. And I've never really gotten like the no whole like hacking it so that it doesn't create like an impenetrable Okay. Of, of coffee right. to... Grinding it so that it actually, the water can cool through. Yeah. I'm used to percolators where you just okay. obliterate that shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like the dusting it.
0: Oh, yeah. So so you're using a really fine grind, oh, yeah. pretty much what you would use for if you're making espresso, so if right? I'm
1: using like a burr grinder. There's no way I'm getting that girl pressed coarse enough that it isn't just like really this impenetrable.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I can't say that I've ever had that problem. I don't know. I guess we'd have to sit down with an AeroPress and, and oh, it's like a hundred buck grinder. It's it's uh, maybe seven or eight years old now. Oh, uh, uh, burr. It's um, I forget what 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 make it is. It's it's not it's not very elaborate, but it does the job. And it's been holding up really well, so you
1: know. You know the ones that like it, it processes like a bunch of espresso at once. Okay. It puts in like one of those like
0: square containers.
1: Okay. And you try to unpack it and it produces a whole mess of.
0: Okay. Um. Yeah, well, this does go down, I mean, it it feeds through and it goes into a small bin, small plastic bin. But the amount that I grind at one time doesn't fill it up so much that it creates a mess. And however I did it, I've worked out a a way that that isn't terribly messy, Uh, you know, either for for putting the cold brew together uh, or or doing the AeroPress. You know, with the French press, of course, it's kind of a pain in the butt to clean it afterwards. But, but uh, there's some some
1: to a some de- yeah. Certain degree, L press too.
0: Yeah, just it's a different kind of problem. But uh, with, with the French press, I I checked out some web articles, looked at a couple of YouTube videos, worked out a routine involving a, a strainer, and I can get it pretty cleanly into the the, the recyclable with. Uh, minimal mess. Now,
1: are, are you a flavor guy or are you just a plain coffee guy? That will dictate how much pain you pain is It's
0: classic. Uh, I would not say that I have a really discerning palate. So, um, yeah, the coffee grinder probably doesn't get cleaned all that often. The, the
1: thing with the error process is that like, like, that was the one problem with it is when my brother was constantly berating right. it. You've got to clean it because with all your future coffees.
0: Oh, well, the AeroPress itself is easy to easy to clean. That's It's just some, some plastic cylinders. That's not a he big deal. No
1: wearing resi- residual residue.
0: On, in the plastic? He
1: likes to go on a bit. So okay. Like, at that point, I was like, there's simpler ways to make coffee. Yeah. It's it's kind of like the animal coffee. Okay. You sit there with a plunger.
0: Yeah. Well, you, whatever. I mean, you know, whatever routines uh, you develop that you're comfortable with, whatever you know, kind of particular actions you're you're comfortable with doing a thing. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big world. There's there's a there's a lot of ways to go at things. Um, I was doing a mocha pot for a while which that, that was kind of trippy because you when you first buy the thing you need to season it like when you when you start using it straight away the the coffee isn't that great but after you've used it for a while and you can't wash it because it's like washing a, a cast iron skillet you know you just you just lose all the all the seasoning so uh, so i was doing that for a while i find that uh, that's real
1: commitment cuz you're committing to having the
0: uh, bunch of silk- and I don't know, I just, um, after a while, I, I don't know how I lost interest, but uh, somewhere along the line, I just put it aside and said, okay, I've had enough of this. And uh, maybe not long after that, I stumbled across cold brew. And so that's my uh, uh, that's my thing now, coffee-wise. I might as well answer
1: the question quickly. So All right. To keep this continuous.
0: Sure. Um,
1: calculator guy... I- switch between I I use mostly flavors but I put in like, a regular coffee like, one just long enough for it to not sort of taste in like, a coffee. The the
0: yeah. independent coffee toast uh, is
1: mostly novel uh, flavors super so okay. uh so got
0: out. Yeah um, I never never do those. I just like different roasts, different beans but but no added flavor. That's not my thing, but you know, there are people out there who like it, so that's yeah, cool. Of it with a, a,
1: a, an an okay. I heard because it was like, I thought it was buying real independent aspect, like, and it was, it was coming
0: from
1: Anyways, from that I've attempted to buy that, and every
0: more coming to um, the the Right, the birch bark. Yeah. yeah, that's that's I've been been uh, I'd say for at least the last six months. That's been that's been the, the one I've been buying steadily. Yeah. I mean, if you're not getting that
1: coffee, it's not it. it's Right. Like you can, you can satisfy
0: that. I mean, Next up. Yeah. Now how are you When once you open the bag of beans, uh, I assume you're not grinding the whole bag at once, right? Oh, no, okay, no. That, that, that that'd be too much. So how are you storing uh, the the contents of the bag once you've opened it? It's either
1: vacuum sealed. Yeah. Okay. Or just, uh, grind it as I need it. Yeah, I. I it.
0: Yeah. No, I grind it as I need it as well, and I've got these um, these containers. You can find them in different places. So you, so it's a cylinder, and then there's an inner lid, that uh, as you push it down, is vented, so it pushes the air out, and then. The, the lid's got a handle, and then you you fold the handle down, and it closes it off. And then there's another lid that sits on top, so it's it's pretty much like a vacuum, not strictly a vacuum in any scientific sense, but but close enough. And that's what I use to to store the beans in at home. I also use it for other other foods like you know oatmeals or grains or stuff like that that I'm using for breakfast cereals. Uh, and you can find them in a few different places.
1: Okay, let's get to party. All right. Let's
0: say you're sick and someone's making you a coffee you can have anything you want. What are you getting her to me? Uh I'm just getting her to okay, and let's say I've run out of everything completely. Well, I'm probably getting her to make uh make me an aeropress, I figure. So now you're not gonna get anything elaborate, you're not gonna no, like lattes. no, no, no. I've I've uh, I mean I'll get lattes. Okay. So here's another Another uh, component to my coffee consumption. So we talked about at home. We talked about at work, but we've not talked about in between home and work. Yeah. So uh, it used to be an everyday thing with me last year. Is be- between between the station that I get out at and my office is a Sam James coffee bar. It's down in the path. So, I would stop there and get an espresso every morning, Monday to Friday. And then, at some point, I know what it was. It was around this time last year, around, April, uh, around Easter last year. And I got sick and I was, I was away from work for a couple of weeks, just staying home. And then, I came back to work and I didn't feel like having coffee that day, because I was still sort of, there was some kind of still residual illness in my body. And then I stopped going every day, and I didn't go for a long time, but recently I picked it up again where I, uh, I I, make it a treat now. Instead of a routine thing, I make it a treat on Monday mornings and Friday mornings. I'll stop for an espresso shot and also take up a flat white to the office, and then I'll, I'll sip that over the course of the morning. So I do have the milky coffee beverages. Uh, occasionally, they're not my regular thing. I, I'm a, I'm a black coffee drinker, typically. But I will indulge, because Sam James, just right across the board, they do such a good job. I really, really like their thing. So, there we go. Plug for Sam James. This
1: is one of the, the similarities. I remember at one point uh, in university, I was going to the Starbucks and I was getting the uh, double shots and ice. And it was like, how many can you make up once for like 12? Well, I'll take 12 so
0: uh,
1: On some ice, and are like, well, we, we shouldn't be selling you this. Like, well, <laughs> we've already crossed this bridge. And that was like a daily occurrence for a while. Wow. And eventually for a while, things were, until things started vibrating
0: um, I think um I think at that point the flavor starts to suffer, maybe. Like if you're drinking it all for flavor, then you you might notice uh, some diminishing returns.
1: Here, here's the thing, one, one That whole coffee cigarette ash, uh, if you are smoking already. yeah. That whole, uh, just
0: maxes out that you are into that whole idea of disciplinance and of, I mean, the taste receptors. Once you've started smoking yeah, like, more than socially, okay. that whole, like, black coffee that like, ash taste,
1: it kind of like, overwhelms that I all mean,
0: Yeah, so I, I don't smoke so uh, it's not a thing for me. So yeah, well, <laughs> at that point you're yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah I, I understand. It doesn't matter anymore.
1: You know, some dark roads, they say uh, they have
0: no uh, I've never read that, but I'm going to start watching for it. That's hilarious. I find that uh, a lot of
1: times people try to roast and it's just like, dark as bad. But then you, you lose the subtlety of the beat.
0: Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you roast your own? Oh. No. Yes.
1: I, I try to get somebody who roast the beans, some one step removed. But I, but
0: okay. I'm yeah. not.
1: I'm not there yet. I think once I, I develop a midlife crisis and then I really the popular. All right. And that's going to be my okay. thing. Okay. I, I don't think I'm going to have the, the disposable. Oil thing for that. Cars. Be
0: I don't know that it's that expensive really um, I worked with a guy who had who, who roasted his own and he had a roaster and, and from what I recall this a few years ago from what I recall it wasn't a super high-end machine or anything and he was buying his beans from like no frills or somewhere like that like green ones green beans and and um, and you know he wasn't he wasn't fussy about that and he got a result that he just absolutely loved. So you know, I mean, fi- find what's good for your taste, I guess. I guess he's learning everything, I he's fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. He he became really really tuned into the details on that stuff because he's having to do it himself. Yeah. Like a European car. So this we bought, bought Alfa Romeo. You built know? an, I, I
1: tell the story, you built a, uh, a 4-hour kit car. Oh. Out of the Sierra. So for an entire year, it was spray-painted for an hour. And because you had the perfect lights in the uh like a 380 kind of style. And so you didn't have lights in, so just a 4-hour. So 4 hours. OK. Perfect. The, the attention to detail. The, the scrape thing. Yeah? Mwah. Mm-hmm. All right. He's uh, also deep into alcohol. You know? People are learning what he does you now, they're just constant. They're like zero
0: Cool. Find what you love and then just do the hell out of it. I mean, you know, it, you just throw as much money at it as you're comfortable doing, and then uh, just take pictures. I feel like
1: if I come in an audio file, I'm a bit deeper into the tube. Uh-huh. I'll just take it I call it the phone. Definitely. And that's what he
0: came back, guys. And it's scary. And it's got the best tube. That's a fair amount of money. I don't think I would either. Not not on stereo equipment. No. Um, I've been in a home or two that's that's got high end stuff, and a shop or two that does, and it's just, yeah.
1: To me, it seems like a whole of
0: It is. It is. I sense that very strongly myself.
1: It's actually funny. I think the Imperial event has actually already started. Later,
0: okay. Are you, supposed to, are you supposed to be up at that?
1: I, I guess it's something. But we'll just okay. we'll run through these. I think there's only one left. So, you're Toronto native.
0: I, you're native. Uh, well, I live in Toronto, not native. Oh, native.
1: Food. What would you the, the one cool place for people?
0: The Toronto Reference Library. Yeah, that is that that is such an awesome library. It's got so much stuff. It's got a it's got a nice little Balzac coffee shop uh, attached to it. The location is great. Uh, there's another branch of the the Toronto Public Library not far away. Yorkville branch is is nearby. Okay. Okay, that's a, that's a nice branch, that nice old building there. It's gorgeous. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's perfect. Okay. Now, if you are of more of a, say, uh, uh, consumer bent, um, the distillery district is pretty cool. Uh, the two things that I especially like about the distillery district is the Young Center for the Performing Arts, which is the home theater of Soul Pepper. And across the the, the lane, because it's not really streets, across the, the, the lane from that is a is a French bistro called Clooney. And they do great oysters, they do you know all sorts of stuff. And a, a really nice evening for or even afternoon for, for, for me and my wife is to, is to go to go to a play at Soul Pepper and then go across the street. And have a have a meal, and uh, it's it's just perfect. But there are lots of other really cool little shops. Also, another Balzac coffee shop. Um, uh, there's a there's a Greg's ice cream. There's uh, all sorts of little things in there. So, and you can you can you know you can easily spend a day there, just checking all all the things. And if it's nice weather, there's good places to sit outside. So, uh, if, if libraries are not your thing, uh, try the distillery district.
1: I've uh, actually lived here as a break is the whole entire life. you never
0: actually
1: stumbled into the distillery district. Uh, I think my pick would probably be uh, the free stimulus tour. The where? The, the free the free steam whistle, like brewery
0: tour. Here, the oh, okay. Oh, day oh day, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. If you have an hour to kill,
0: perfect. Okay. Yeah, brewery tours are, are, are pretty good.
1: Yeah. Because it's a, it's a historic railway. Uh huh. You know? I, I feel like what's more historic Toronto, like you see the sky down, you walk around, work in anything. That
0: yeah. That's a pretty cool area. Um, have you spent much time on the uh, University of Toronto campus at St. George? Yeah. Okay. That's that's a nice walk. You walk around there uh, when the weather's good. Uh, lots of interesting buildings and kind of you know nice leafy walkways and things. Uh, it's pretty cool. And then the the Royal Ontario Museum's not far from there. The uh, Royal Conservatory of Music's not far from there. Um, you know, there's there's. Uh, there's a few hours to be spent there. I think if you you know want to mainly spend it outdoors, looking at at uh, a nice combination of nature and old buildings.
1: Usually, my PTC stop is a child museum,
0: hospital. Okay. Sick kids uh, would be farther south from that, uh, closer to. So I'm thinking close to St. George Station, oh, okay, and okay. you want to go down to uh, to Queens Park, get out there, and then now you're now you're near the hospitals, and you're near uh, Queens Park. Yeah. So uh,
1: yeah. So, so St. George is usually the one I used to stop at. Okay. I never used to go there for so anything fun, but let's see.
0: Okay. Uh, a all right. Um, we should uh, shout out to a couple of people though. I think. First of all, our uh, our well friend. I don't know how he feels about me, but you know, I've been following his podcast for a while, and uh, you know, interacting with him over Twitter and stuff. Uh, Jason down in Tennessee. I love the stuff that he's doing. As, you know, the, there's, there's stuff that he that he says is boring, like mowing the lawn or doing housework. But I somehow just enjoy hearing that, that mundane stuff because it's real life. And then the Christmas podcasts, I really like, as a musician and as a person who listens to music, I really like Christmas music. There's a lot there. There's a nice long history of stuff going back, you know, really, really far back. Up to up to modern times it's a it's a rich body of music so when he does those uh, podcasting days of Christmas I'm all over it those are fantastic so he, he does a great job with the uh, with, with the podcast and also he lives really close to Nashville which is a big-time music city so uh, so yeah so shout out to uh, to Jason in Tennessee Dedicated garbage cast contributor. Right, those things. I, I, I look forward to those, and I hope to hear another one sometime.
1: Uh, we've been a little bit slow. And, and I picture my idea. The way we work is the idea really has to move into us mm. to record. So mm. oftentimes we'll have an idea, and we'll say we'll do it. Yeah. It just doesn't really. Help. Sure. And that's. I feel like the, the barrier mentally to producing something is, if it doesn't spark us to record immediately, I figure it's not as uh, close to it.
0: If the music doesn't make you dance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we'll come up with one eventually that satisfies that criteria. we'll get back but okay. Definitely a dedicated fan, contributor, listener uh, So we should shout him up. Uh, Okay. Part of the campaign to get him here For Hamilton Because we haven't
0: been here in the past For right. two so, yeah.
1: so it's perfect to travel advice Which one well, I mean, should get him back to Hamilton Back to Hamilton
0: Come to the library and to the distillery district Definitely uh, Is
1: there any other shoutouts? Uh,
0: actually, if he, if he comes up and if I have enough advance notice, I'll, I'll I'll make some time. I'll I'll take them around, show them some stuff. Sure, yeah, that would be that would be awesome.
1: down. Yeah. Challenge accepted. Yeah,
0: but uh, with the proviso, advance notice. I'm I'm not good on short notice uh, with things. Okay. But okay, a year a year. That's quite a while, uh, but I could possibly work with that. Okay, so that's one shout-out. The other shout-out is to the Scarborough Dude. Now, why the Scarborough Dude? Well, I know the Scarborough Dude from before he was the Scarborough Dude. I don't know if there's a the in there. Anyways, uh, so the reason I started showing up here was because I found out that he would be coming down, and I work not far away, so it's kind of a good chance, because I live way over in the other side of the city, so it's kind of a good chance to, to stop in, say hi, check in, see how he is, stuff like that. But um, he's not here tonight, I don't think, for, for reasons that he's discussed on his podcast and in the Twitter and whatnot, so, yeah. So shout-out to him if he listens to this.
1: Uh,
0: I hope hope he's getting well soon. Um, A quick shout-out to the other Jason and to Heavy D. I've been listening to their Heartburn Honeys podcast and kind of enjoying their various culinary adventures. Um, We don't have a lot in common in terms of taste and food, but I really like the way they go about it. It's 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 pretty cool. And they took a request. They went for sushi. And uh, that was that was a fun listen. So shout out to them as well. Yeah, and I think that's about it from me. Um, the one thing I like about my board is you gotta
1: make new country animals, you gotta like a bunch of, of fast food places or sandwiches. And That's all you got to be
0: that could be. I, I, I don't know that area at all. Uh, I know they have sushi near them. It's uh, a Yeah? I've never heard of it yet. Okay. All right. And they're near Cleveland, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I believe. So that's a pretty cool thing. There's a music tie in. Uh, and oh, Jason does that, that thing with. I haven't. I've listened to one episode so far. The in your ear holes one. Uh,
1: where he reviews, uh, top of to the top 100 albums of Well, albums
0: that no, not the top 100. I have listened to a recent episode. Jason brought in something from Faith No More, which I don't know, but I I mean I've heard a couple of things, but I don't really know them. And uh, Oliver brought in something by Living Color, who I know a little better. Having been introduced to them uh, back in the 80s when a friend of mine discovered them, uh, so fairly recently after they broke onto the scene, and uh, yeah, so so that was uh, that was an interesting episode. So I'm gonna try a few more and and see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're
1: looking at something to break up, for example, and I've had a long, long ride to set up computers.
0: All right. Like, um, that kind of thing. Kind of OK. So, one of the things that his top hundred thousands of my time has really helped with is
1: cracking through that virus so giving that kind of stuff a fair shake. It may not be my cup of tea, but at least we have a
0: little. Oh, you Beatles! Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So I might might check out some of those then. Uh, I did peruse the list once. I think I saw one Miles Davis album. So that might be an in for me. Uh, Let's see what else is there. I didn't see Captain Beefheart. I didn't see Frank Zappa. But that's okay. Oh, right. He d- does it with some different people. Sounds sure, an yeah. Intro to him. A right. Thing. So that's a good point.
1: I I learned quite a bit about Skradger's love of the album. Have
0: you ever heard
1: of the album? Okay. Definitely giving me some insights into
0: this. Come to think of it, he yeah, he mentioned it on his own podcast and I hadn't heard of them either. Cuz there's big gaps in my knowledge of of uh, you know, 60s music. So uh so yeah. The thing
1: is if you're a long time listener of the Dixon Dream podcast, sometimes like I know that guy, I know all the stories,
0: but yeah, it takes
1: then going to a different podcast and all of a sudden aspect.
0: Well right. Talking with somebody else is gonna bring other stuff out. So yeah, that's a good point should hunt up the other he's he's guessed it on some other things too i think so uh, the uh what's it called the under 30 or not before 30 or not after 30 so, something with a 30 in it and uh yeah so i should maybe track that down as well okay let's uh button this up
1: yeah so i've been the MMD and with Altman at the downstairs